Hello, everyone. Welcome to E2 E-Square, <laughs> uh, Epistemic Entrepreneur, the media dedicated to science, technology, and innovation. Uh, here, uh, we have a great guest, but just before I introduce our guest, I would like to introduce my co-host, uh, Dr. Benjamin Del Sol. He's a um, quantum physicist, uh, former researcher, uh, and now uh, European uh, pa patent attorney based in Switzerland. Hello, Benjamin. How are you? Very fine. Thank you, Ari. Very happy to be here. Great, great. And our guest today is um, uh, is um, Sina. Uh, sorry, a setting that is popping up. Uh, sorry, okay, just for the setting uh, issue. Okay, uh, our guest today is Dr. Sina Sharande. Uh, is a computer scientist by training, of a serial entrepreneur, tech entrepreneur. And now um, he would like to, to talk about uh, a very important subject uh, that is how to to enable artificial intelligence to be good at math. Uh, am I right, Sina? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you very much Maybe for the introduction. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about, about your, your background and, and five minutes just to, to let the audience to, to know you better. Uh, do you agree with this, uh, this five-minute warm-up? Sure, sure. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, let me let me start. Because, you know, my my story is you know, coming you know technically background in uh, computational physics. Um, I did my PhD in uh, University of British Columbia in in Vancouver, and then uh, um, um, after that, I um, basically I worked on a large scale computational model, ran uh, numerical simulation in supercomputers at the time. Uh, that uh, one of the biggest supercomputers in Canada. And uh, and then I um, after that I basically moved moved to Toronto and started a company uh, on image processing and uh, basically building software as a service for image processing. So that venture didn't go out after we, after a year we launched the product. We had our users uh, using it and all that, but we couldn't raise funding and we couldn't monetize. We uh, we abandoned that and then I joined three other startups as a head of data science. So I switched to the to the world of uh, data and leverage some of my my background in computation and numerical modeling. Um, so three other companies, I uh, was head of data, starting data teams. And uh, later on, um, my last company, I was a VP of data and exit of $770 million over the four years, five years that I was, I was there. Um, so um, after that, I started, uh, you know, I think the theme of this, your talks and like your, your audience probably are into, you know, transitioning from academia, maybe to, to entrepreneurship or certain academic background. Uh, they like to do startups uh, and, you know, my journey going back again, trying to do startups again. Out of that, uh, out of that time, uh, out of that that exit. So I, I'm I'm experimenting in the past, you know, two years on and off on this idea around building a mathematical model of um, socioeconomical system. And what I kind of realized is, you know, people who if you imagine if you have a digital twin of the economy and digital twin of the society. So that how how awesome it would be! Like so many use cases for for like hedge funds and and like banks and like government and all that. To you, so I started from that that thesis, uh, and and then realized kind of question of product market fit and question of like who would buy it is that probably institutions are not really ready to be imposed exposed to like or use these kind of competition. Then I realized okay, well probably um, individuals would benefit the most from these models of economy and finance because they are like left out with with no with no ability with no choice. And then basically that kind of journey. <laughs> Uh, through me and um, take me through the personal finance space and uh, and then um, so the product that right now I'm experimenting with uh, is this concept of a building of having a financial model um, of a personal finance which is a very simple model um, um, but yet you know, it's very hard to do it in Excel but we'll, we'll code it into into a program and 
We have uh, the ability to, in no code interface, to be able to interact with that software, with that model. And then we have ChatGPT to help us understand, help guide the person. Because what I realized is that the pain points is that people have standing of the, 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 the model itself, the concept of modeling. Like if I say I want to buy a house, how would I turn it into a mathematical model? And I think what I'm trying to help is uh, can say a language model with its reasoning capability and knowledge capability come in and help me guide me through that process and then build, um, help me to build the model and then be able to inquire inquire about them and work with them. And that's kind of the, the experiment that I'm right now um, going back to with the, with the plan. With. That's kind of a bit, maybe a long version of uh, my story here. No, no, great. It's great. Um, the, the, how you ended to, to this idea is very important because uh, we, we, we all want to understand how, you know, um, we want all want to understand how you know idea emerge and what base on on ba- on what basement you know very important yeah. and also your background to make you very legitimate to talk about such idea. Um, maybe Benjamin, you you would like to. No, I I mean it's great because when you when you talk for for example of uh, digital economic twin, uh, I see all the many use cases that we can imagine and it's wow and I think it will be probably. <laughs> possible and to implement it and to i think uh, companies will be quite interesting by that in less than two years i uh, probably uh, and of course and of course uh, using your skills to help uh, personal finance i think it's a it's a great quest first of all because it's very important it's i think there is a lack of uh, wealth uh, education in many countries so it's i think it's very it can be a powerful tool for a lot of people so very great idea, and um, please. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Physicists really like the the digital twin of the digital ah, yeah, twin yeah. of the world, <laughs> or digital twin of society. That's gonna interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's uh, at the same time. My brother is a bro- is a um, is a trader, and I have worked with him quite a lot uh, on uh, on designing some models to understand the markets and, and to 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 make some um, expert advisors and stuff like that. So so I'm. Quite aware of the, the financial world, and, uh, and yes, your your work is great, very impressive. Yeah, that's the idea. We will see. Um, so now, maybe uh, just we we follow up on the, the the presentation you would like to to share with us. Maybe uh, I, I usually I like to you know to to, to see what, from where. Uh, from where is your, you know, the forest, let's say, uh, motivation to become scientist? Uh, um, was it uh, you, you were just good at, at school, you know, or, or did you discover science in high school? I know this is, this is kind of uh, yeah. uh, out of the subject, but I like to, you know, to understand better people. So how do you end it to become a scientist and an entrepreneur? You explained it, entrepreneurship, but wh- why the love of science? Where, where, where does it come from? Uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, I mean, it, it goes back all the way to childhood, and I think um, you know, my dad. My dad was an engineer. Uh, he actually got a degree. Um, he spent like eleven years. He studied in Germany, and like, um, and then he, he moved back to Iran. So uh, I was there, and then my mom was a actually early education, like child education expert. So she had like books around. She's written books around creativity and like mathematical creativity and this type of thing. So I think it probably comes from lots of their education and the way they they harness that sense of curiosity. I remember I was a kid. I had a like a little in our basement. I had a lab with wow. uh, like you know it's like when I say lab is like you know all these like chemicals. And I remember going in high school going to these like 
of these uh, shops, they're selling chemicals. It's like, can I have like, you know, one liter of sulfuric <laughs> acid? And like, I had like, like all sorts of acids and like, you know, crazy, like, you know, like tools and experiments. And I was doing like crazy stuff with the hydrogen balloons and <laughs> exploding things. <laughs> was, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I wanted to be, I remember I wanted, I wanted to lead a, like a science team. Like I want to be like head of NASA or something like that mm-hmm. uh, at what time. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of where the story comes. And how did you choose the, the precisely the discipline uh, you wanted to, to study in? Because you could have uh, studied biology or chemistry or, yeah. and why specifically the, the way you, you choose? Uh, yeah, you I chose... wanted to do physics uh, from early on. Like in high school, I was in, um, I participated in a physics Olympiad. Like where the kids, they, I, I wasn't very good, like top the country selected or like maybe top top 800 in the country or something like that. Um, but um, but then later on, yeah, I later on went to the engineering because physics doesn't pay a lot. Uh, <laughs> it's a good recommendation from my dad. But then later on, when I finished my master's and PhD, then I kind of pushed myself back <laughs> to the world of physics and uh, did like... Great, great. Thanks, thanks for this, uh, for sharing that. It's always <laughs> great to, to know to know uh, where this uh, science thing come, yeah. comes up in, in people. Yeah, yeah. That's funny because Benjamin's uh, you know, nodding in her head. You're, you're you're laughing at the story as I'm saying it. So. Yes, because that that remember that remembers me a lot of, of my childhood. <laughs> I had a lab. I had a lab too. I was playing with chemistry and and electronics, yeah. and my mom was always ah, don't touch that, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that so yes i perfectly understand them yeah. so, great souvenirs <laughs> yes little little biologists or psych, psychopath they, they kill flies you know uh, <laughs> little chemists or little terrorists you know they do they do they do explosive uh, <laughs> yes. in the in the back in the in the, in the background and the little physicists are also kind of crazy crazy little guys too <laughs> i know yeah, done, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so, Sina, did, maybe you prepare something to show? Or, or... Uh, yeah, I can. I can give you a little bit of a, a block. Yeah, it's, it's you can share, of course. Yeah, um, yeah, I can. So, okay. So, I mean, this talk was about like how do we get to um, how do we get language models to think mathematics, and how do we um, like how do we build something where it's a interface between us? Really, the, that's what we people were were here for. Um, so, we um, let me share the screen here. Let's be. Okay, I'm going to share this one window here. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, as we, let me just make it a bit smaller, I think resolution is better. Is it better now? It's good. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. The thing gets bigger, right? Okay, so look, the story here is, um, yeah, so we'll just talk about it, right? So we want to basically, you know, um, the, the idea here is, I think if you look at, we'll just give you one more overall, like, abstract view is around, if you look at ALMs now, and, like, you know, people are scared of it as, like you know, AI will fake content, and like 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 they look at it as bad things are happening. And I see a huge potential in AI and language models specifically to help us be more rational, like help humanity become rational as a, as an augmentation tool. And if you think about it, it's a bit different than like how you use it for like generating like you know farm content farm of stuff or say a product. But like really focusing on how do we get the concept of rationality out. And I think. You know, these are the backgrounds that I'm coming from, building mathematical models of physical world. And what I'm trying to do right now is building mathematical models of socioeconomical systems. So if we can build... Now, why is mathematical models important is because it just basically reduces the interworking of the society into these pieces that are easy to quantify and easy to understand. Then you can kind of like when you, when you, when you model something mathematically, you really understand it. Uh, it's even deeper than just 
physics of the system. They say like, well, yeah, if I make the water hot, it's going to boil. But if you just like really understand the quantitative need that, that process, it helps. So how do we now let's get to the language model. So, um, so something that people also not very aware, I think when you think about language model, they, they think about it as um, like content generation, like the, the language capability of it. And lots of people think about it as a, as a knowledge resource. It's like, like Google it or Google, like they ask questions like Google, what language models can do. And one of the emergent properties of them when they get big enough is this ability to reason. So if you use them as a reasoning machine, like a, like a reasoning calculator, that's, that's what we want to do. And you see in this, in this, in this application of LNM is, yeah, we'll use them to generate text, human natural language, but, uh, or, or use them for NLU, like natural language understanding. But I also want them to use them, use them for uh, reason, mathematical reason. And if you look at this example of the capability of it, so here is ADA model. Uh, we can do these tests as we scale these models. So if you ask a question like, if A, bigger than, if, if a is bigger than B and B is bigger than C, then what can be said about the relative size of A and C? Right? So it's like, you know, you want to do this deductive reasoning of the sizes. So ADA, which is, you know, if it's, yeah, less than a billion, it just says it's difficult to know which one's big. And then if you go to GPT-4-all, which is a four, 7 billion model, I ran it on my own lab. You can, you can run it on CPU yeah, with, a, with a max CPU. It takes a very long time. Uh, if you say, if A bigger than B, the same question, it says A cannot exceed both C and B, like hallucinates. Again, these are like hallucinates. Again, like you repeat the same question to generate again. It says, if A bigger than B and B bigger than C, then... It falls that A is less than like equal to B is like it's garbage, <laughs> right? So it's the seven billion models cannot. It, it, they're actually very good at language generation. Eh? Seven billion model can talk about it like you can just like literally talk. How are you? Tell me like poems like written. But seven billion models cannot reason. And then when you go to uh, this uh, this this bigger model, then you start saying that okay, now it's able to actually answer the. So uh, C is bigger than A. So C is bigger than both. Oh, sorry, this actually uh, that's also wrong, right? And then let me go to the one that actually, the actually the one that correctly responds is GPT three and a half, and it yes. says it very nicely. So it says if A bigger than B and bigger than C, then it can be concluded that A is bigger than B, bigger than C as well, and so on. And GPT three, and now you can kind of see it in um, with GPT four. It's really, yeah. I think that's what really make me crazy. Like, like with three and a half, you know, it was November last year. Right? It's like, was explaining it was like, say, oh yeah, I can see this kind of cool machine learning. It's like, yeah, it's a machine learning. It's like. You know, is it like a statistical parrot type of thing? Like with GPT-4, I just blew my mind. That was a moment where I say like, this is something I need to get myself involved into it or else that's it. Because I just realized how good it is at reasoning uh, and like rush. And I'm very sad that I don't have access to the API of GPT-4, but uh, I, I have a plus subscription so I can play with it. Now, let's do this test with the mathematical models, right? So now, now that we learned that um, big language models are able to do reasoning, now the part of the application, for example, for the financial planning or like, you know, legal thing or like, you know, lots of applications we're actually looking for is we're trying to use their reasoning capability beyond beyond the natural language understanding and natural language generation. So let's look at a model example like this, where, so here's our example of another complex mathematical financial thing. So mathematics can be applied anywhere. There's a bunch of papers published on uh, mathematical capability, the GPT-4, uh, mathematical language models and people kind of shown that it can improve with the chain of thoughts it can improve with external tools um so and then i mean now gpt4 with the tools for example can gpt three and a half um is not able to pass chartered financial planner tests by itself 
And GPT-4 is also not able to pass this financial tests. So basically, kind of they ask also the questions about investment. It's a, it's a charge of personal uh, financial planning, also accounting exams. But when you give the mathematical capability, uh, external tools to the language model like GPT-4, then they can pass very, very high, highly. And so here's an example. Yeah. So we say, uh, imagine I have a $200,000 portfolio of um, money. Now I'm taking out $4,000 every month to pay. Like I'm retired. I want to take a sabbatical, start a company, something like that, or go travel. I'm going to take out of that thing, 4000 out, and live for a while. How long would it last, my, my, this, this nest egg, like 200000 How much I can take out to put it in my cash and then use it for my expenses on $4,000, right? So that's something we want to do. Now, mathematically, this is, um, well, if you just say, you know, 2000 divided by 4000 that's wrong because like financial markets expanding, right? So you're getting a return and then you're in, you're, your expense also inflating. It's not just 4000 right? So then we want to basically be able to model as this investment portfolio grows itself and you take your 4000 out, how long it lasts. Um, so if you ask this from GPT-3.5, um, you can see, you say things like, I have a 200K portfolio. If I take 4000 a month from it and, uh, and the market grow at the rate of 4% per year, how long this portfolio will last in my retirement? So we don't even consider inflation. If you look at that, how GPT can solve this is it actually make a mistake. It's hallucinating. So here it says years ago portfolio value divided by annual withdrawals. So that would be good if we assume the zero growth rate of market, but then it tries to model the growth rate and it says divided by growth rate divided by 12, that's totally wrong. It says 11 years, these are garbage. So it come up with some sort of fake mathematical formula. Yeah. <laughs> And just like talking, talking random. Yeah, that's why uh, I'm laughing because you know, I I made a thumbnail for for your for your talk and I made it a little bit as a joke. You know, the the ER saying that he's a dunce at math, but she is a dunce at math. <laughs> uh, just one question because I'm quite good at prompt uh, with AI and I play a lot with uh, 3.5 okay. and, and GPT-4 uh, and I designed myself some chatbots over the story but uh, did you try to, to for example um, add in your prompt some information about the personality of uh, of the of, G, of chat GPT for example telling him that he is a financial expert or stuff like that because mm. from my experience it changed a lot the quality of the answer so yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, I mean, if you like, we can try right right away. Or we can try oh, yes, right away. yes, 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 yes. Yeah, right here, great, here, great. I can, I can write this. I'm a financial so, yeah, I'm a financial uh, planner expert. expert or... Yeah. Oh, no, you are, you have to say. Right? Yes, you, exactly, yes, you. <laughs> you are. Sorry, uh, maybe we can, you can edit this out of the, actually, but I think it's worth trying. Yeah, yeah. You're a French language that I have 200K. Oh, you can copy paste, maybe. I don't know, it's a picture, so you can yeah. portfolio investment, uh, yes, on stocks, yeah. But grow at the rate of, four, yeah. Something like that. Yep, something like that, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Did you get the 3%? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Right no, it's wrong, right? Like since 40 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, That's no, totally wrong. Nope. Yeah. And I don't know where <laughs> he, he put out this free person. No, it's, it's just it's just hallucinating. Yes. Three and a half can cancel this. I think if you ask them, I think now now you will see now that we are live with this, let's go then let's try with the GPT. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think with, it would be with quite you see the difference. Yes. Of, so like now it's able to do okay, uh, now here you actually wrote a Python code for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, this is actually that, that's why four is so smart. Uh, look at this one, right? So it says, uh, let's see how. It, um, so it says, let's calculate the growth rate per month. So this monthly growth rate. This is actually a very good job, uh, thing. Um, it's actually 
Yes, it's dividing it by one over twelve only through if you if the percentage is small. So yeah, it actually understood this. That's a good assumption. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, ooh, okay, this fifty. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's wrong. 15. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a good start, but it's not a good. <laughs> yeah. This is a bit of a mistake. Right? Now the funny thing is, if you regenerate, sometimes they come up with different like different questions. Like, yes, you know, case, yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Due, due to the the randomness. Yeah. Of the yeah, model, yeah. yeah. Now it says 19 years again. Yes. So, so now, yeah. um, now, now here's the magic. How do we make the GPT-4 actually reason? Yes. Because what it's doing is just trying to do to do things, right? So let me show you how how we make it. To, um, yeah. So in my previous try, what it did is that it actually used uh, this annuity formula, mm -hmm. which is grabbed it from its knowledge base. Yeah. But there's a mistake here because this is when you're actually contributing to it. So this future value of the money is equals to yeah. uh, your your contribution every month. Like this formula is correct if you're contributing to it and it's grow. Yeah. When you take it out, that's not correct. Right? Uh, and then it comes back with some sort of like does this mathematical 200 months. Um, so if you ask though, write a Python code for the above question. This is okay. going to solve it correctly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw that so, and it's quite amazing because. <laughs> Um, so now, how amazing is that when you ask the GPT to now look at this, look at the formula, like a code, it says perfect balance 4,000, withdrawal at 4,000, mm -hmm. annual rate, fantastic. So there's a monthly growth rate, correct. Mm -hmm. And it goes in, it writes the simulation actually. It says while portfolio balance more than 5,000, go in every month, yeah, withdraw, sure. monthly withdrawal, calculate growth rates at that end of the month. Yeah. So yeah. The portfolio balance times that. And then iterate yeah. until your thing goes to zero. Now I need to take this thing and then go execute this yeah. into an external tool. Now, now here's where you need to give LLM a tool. I'm going to say, might I go to Replit, Python thing. If I put this here, run. And that's why ChatGPT plugins are so powerful where they give, um, so language model can't solve this. The funny thing is it can't. He knows how to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Four years and seven months. That's the correct number. Yeah. And uh, did you try because um, sometimes you can design the, the knowledge database used by the AI to, to answer the question. So uh, did you try to, to nourish his mind, if I can say, with uh, financial books and data and stuff like that? Because this is what I do in, for example, in IP Law and I have designed a chatbot that can reason, can make reasoning uh, about uh, legal questions and very high, difficult legal questions sometimes. Uh, so, and because of course it's database uh, is nourished by, uh, of course, IP laws, uh, books, and articles. Yeah. So that's correct. So you could do. It depends on the reason, the the problem you're solving, right? So like the problem, if the problem you're solving, like I think if you look at the, like for example, GRE, a verbal, like or a law, like uh -huh. a bar exam, things like that. They are actually, like, if you look at a bar exam questions, they are actually, they're just logic questions. They're not like, a, I mean, there are some legal knowledge questions, but fundamentally, they're logic questions. Like, you need to mm -hmm. put a fact and put a fact in this and this. And like, mm -hmm. so, so these are languages that are very good at it. The question is, like, it, it can induce those things, those problems, and then solve them, solve those problems by itself. And that's why GPT-4 passed the law exam, but GPT-4 yes. couldn't. Um, now, he, these type of problems we're talking about, uh, they, they are not, they're not like just logic. You actually need to run a simulation. Yeah, yeah. And that right. goes back to my original talk. Like you said, that this is slide, right? You yes, need yes, to do yes. like some problems in society are not like a law. It's like to be a more rational human, it's not just like be able to have a very good logical capability. You need to actually build a mathematical. Yes, exactly. You, you, 
So no, no, like no logic, no formula, and that's why trying to like trying to come up with a formula is going through mm. searching where which formula I can find. But there's no formula. You can't solve this problem with the formula. It's like the closed form, like mathematical closed form formula, does not even exist. Yes, you need yes, to yes. do a loop, and yeah. uh, and and you see it here. It did it. You need to create this type of loop. Yeah. So he's able to do it, but he, he can't run it. So yeah, and, and can't run it. So he can't answer you. You can write a Python code, but can't run. It, so maybe it doesn't do yeah. it. But it, it should basically tell you this is a problem requires a simulation. Exactly. Please, yeah. I will generate a Python code. Go and simulate. Yeah. Go run it somewhere else. I'm not going to be able to answer your question by just formula word like. And if you ask this question from a financial planner, same thing. The financial the human financial planner tell you also. So here's how you would need to calculate it, but I need a calculator to be able to tell you. Yes. And goes in and do a calculation. Or do it like basically in this case, go write to Excel. Write to Excel, says here's your portfolio, 20,000. Every, every row, you're taking 4,000 out. Your investment go up. Like literally, there's like three, four columns, right? And then you can, you can think about it how you would do it in Excel, right? And then zero, that's Okay. So now here's our question. How do we... Now let's go a bit more complicated because <laughs> this is actually a very simple problem. <laughs> Takes four thousand. Uh, let's do another kind. Kind when we say um, oh, we have also inflation and yeah, uh, look uh, and we have also inflation. We have also uh, like I can do this and that. Like sometimes my income is also I have another income. I take this income. If uh, uh, there's another example where I should like maybe in the middle when my investment became like fifty thousand dollars, then I get scared. And I start working part time, yeah. augmenting with another questions until I can last a bit longer. So if you ask this question again, so basically like I tried, I, I've tried it before, and you can ask this and try to ask to even generate your code. When the situation becomes more complicated, even that code is is buggy yeah. and and yeah. creates problems. So it's like even so it's like that type of more complicated modeling things, and mostly it's because of like really the kind of the concept of zero shot and like just asking about all these concepts. Like we can, if you like, we can just try it, right? So like here, if I say another assumptions, and yeah. um, there is an seven percent inflation my expenses. How does it last? Um, now I say write the Python code to solve this. Yeah, would not be able to solve it. Okay, okay. now let's see how how inflation rate modeled. So you can see here it says um, yeah. it's a portfolio value, right? It 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 calculates the growth rate. It calculates the withdrawal amount correctly, and it's also pushing the withdrawal amount according to inflation rate. So perfect. Yeah. So this solved it correctly. Is it right? Something like that. Yes. Um, yeah. But uh, it, maybe maybe in this version two and four. I remember last a few a few two three months ago when I tried it. Sometimes it got to correct it. Sometimes it, it didn't. Yeah, because there is this randomness part. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And and also depends. So like okay, if I say yeah, okay, let's run it here. Now we're great. Uh, let's add this condition. Yes, that you you stop uh, if, withdraw when no. And if my portfolio yeah. goes to 100k, then I will start part time job. Yeah, with 1,000 oh, dollars per. How long it lasts? Yeah, you see it. So it does the growth of portfolio. It yeah. extracts withdrawal in each loop, right? So it calculates the while. Yeah. Um, if portfolio below, yeah. You have your part-time income minus amount. And then yeah. you act, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Perfect. But but as you said, there is this randomness part. So sometimes it's correct, sometimes it's not. And yeah. it's quite impossible to know 
when it will be correct or not. I mean, if we don't know the, the answer. So. so so I think we brought the question of like Sunday, um, I mean, this type of augmenting LLM with the ability to execute code. So you ask them to reason, write the code. And then, so this is very powerful. I mean, it takes us like this tooling, that's how they did it. So like the paper, uh, I have to send you later on with the, put it in the comments. Uh, um, the way they did it is that they allowed GPT-4 to come execute commands yeah. like that and execute code. Yeah. And this GPT-4 can pass chart to financial planners with a tool. Without it, it can't do. Okay. But with it, with, with now, so you already is like like smarter than average person who can pass a financial planner, expert financial planner, or accountant. But um, we are still not satisfied in our journey to build the models. We can do very complicated, for example, assassination or like that, where you have two incomes, you have car loans, you have living costs, you have portfolio, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have a house, you have a rental property. So in these situations. Now, if you think about how do I get people, I mean, people, how would I make people to help help people with the system? Now, we're talking about um, a process in which we have a mathematical model that exists in the background, and that mathematical model is deterministic. That's a digital twin of, uh, say, personal finance. In these situations, we're talking about income exists, um, cash exists, so we model cash flow, and we model different assets, appreciation of various assets. We can connect them to the external data sources. So as the real estate markets or the financial markets changing, we can kind of adjust these, these asset values. Our card depreciates, we adjust this value, right? And so basically, we, have, we can kind of build this model. It's actually quite straightforward to build a cash flow projection model for business. Um, now, we have this model. The question becomes, how do I make people to interact with it? Because yeah. if I give this model to somebody like a complex Excel model or Python model, that also people can use it. And that's kind of the, that's basically a story here of basically building from a technical concept. How do I make a product, a digital product, a software that people take benefit? And that becomes this story of, um, okay, you have, you use the knowledge and reasoning capability GPT-4. You use the mathematical model that you already built. And we want to connect these two together. So not, we don't want to like necessarily, don't ask GPT-4, uh, write me Python code. Because we know there's a there's a breaking point in which it would not be able to write the best Python code. So, and like this complex model we just explained here with all these assets, and just the model itself is going to be like hard to debug even. Like just like it's going to be a very big thing. So I want to write a model that I know it's correct once, and I call it the digital twin model. So it's very detailed. It pulls all data from different sources. It's it's a very thorough, well tested model of cash flow and balance sheets of the individual. I want GPT-4 to talk to this model. And be able to put adjust its values, read its content, and go back and forth and talk to it. But I also want then for users, my users also to be able to have an intuitive UI where they can use this natural language prompts, like talk about saying, "Here's my assets, here's my income. Go and do this for me." And be able to like go and interact with the with the model and also with the GPT-4, and then be able to the three of these two together. That's like our holy grail. That's what we can make humanity more rational. Uh, so. Uh, step one, um, how we make GPT-4 talk to a financial model? So this is a question of um, connecting a mathematical model to a language model. And this is a trick that I have done and there are different ways to do it. It's really the question is, so if you look at retrieval and the way you connect external knowledge to the language model is through this embedding. Like, you know, people like imagine that you were talking about a legal text. We have tons of legal text. We want, we say GPT-4. Please don't use your own knowledge. <laughs> I know you're good at reasoning. <laughs> exactly, you know, exactly. We want to use your reasoning capability. <laughs> Just use, use, please, like the case law, right? Like uh, wrote the case law for itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
like, go pick up the case law from these fields. <laughs> you do your so the way to do it is that like people have done is like basically they embed, they create an embedding. Yeah. So they basically create a turn those texts, external text into a vector, turn the the quest persons come and ask a question from they also turn that question into a vector to call them embedding. They match the embeddings to see if it matches. Then they pick up all the paragraph that they think that matches that question. Become like a chunk of text. Paragraph, 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 paragraph. And then they just feed this, all these paragraphs to the GPT-4 and say, answer this question given this paragraph yes. of information. So we almost here do the same thing. We also do, we say, okay, I ask a question. I say, can I buy a house? Let me let me show you the app. Maybe give you a better idea around it. And then you will see how, like how the back and forth. So uh, if I'm come here, I'm gonna go to the app. Helpful. That's wonderful. Uh, uh, I see so, it coming. So yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah. So I like I can I can I'm coming here. I say so it opens up with this. Sometimes so I come in here and say draw draw me a canvas. And what I like to draw is um, by basically tell a story. I say I have a household with an income of four thousand five thousand. I have a mortgage, I have a car, I have a portfolio. Then I basically, I have this story, right? I say, we spent 2,500 2, on living expenses, 2,000 on bills, 1,000 on travel, discretionary, something like that. And, um, and I have a stock portfolio. Then it picks up and draws me this, this, this canvas. You can see these things are quite live. So I'm, here's my income, oh. uh, here's my expenses, uh, here's my mortgage, here's my car loan, here's my stock portfolio, here's my house. And I can change it. So, for example, you see this situation: my cash is going to zero. That means, like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm staying here. My, my, my portfolio increasing. Uh, my house value is increasing within with the growth of real estate market. My expenses are growing with the rate of inflation. My mortgage is declining with the rates that I'm paying it. So, right, see, so all these things model. This is coming from a mathematical model, right? It's yeah. very deterministic. And my car loan is similarly increasing. Uh, now I'm basically coming in and then I say, for example, my contribution is now 2000 to my income. If I contribute less, now I now my cash is increasing, for example. You can see yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And, oh, that's wonderful. Um, now, I can ask a question from GPT-4. I can ask it like, how much money I have in, uh, in five years? Now, if you ask this, if you explain that paragraph with GPT, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, say yeah, how much yeah. we have. <laughs> You can't. It, it wouldn't, and, and you didn't even explain the inflation, and you didn't explain the like you know the connect the mortgage and like Carla. Yes, it yes. wouldn't. It wouldn't. Maybe it would be able to fight right. So you can but, ask him also if 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 you can buy a new house in two years or something yeah, like that. So like that's what it says. Like how much money I have in five years? It says me. You have. It says all my assets. Oh, I said how much money? I said, so you're gonna explaining everything to me. Yes, um, everything. Yeah, everything. And. In five years, the monthly income will be five. So it's going to be like that. You've said how much cash I have. How much yes. cash I have because I want to buy something. Uh, That's amazing. I mean, it's, well, it's great. It says $51,000. Yeah. Then I can say, can I buy it? Can I buy a house? Worth... Or maybe I'm thinking about a rental house. I have a house. I want to buy another house. Yes. Rental house worth 300K. A little apartment, something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. At that time. Oh, this is wonderful. <laughs> You would tell me so how how would you, how is he able to do it? So that's what I, that's what I'm going to show you, right? How is he able to do it? So I'm, I'm going to show under the hood, right? So how does yeah 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 is okay? So it says based on the financial summary data, it's not recommended to buy a house. Why? <laughs> because your total liability will be four hundred thousand. Your available cash is fifty one thousand. Uh, so he looks at the down payment, right? He says your yeah. monthly expenses will be like that. It basically says like two hundred k. If I put two percent down, what's the one fifty? Yeah, it's about fifty k. 
60,000, right? So if I want to buy this house yes. with 20% down payment, I need to put $60,000. I don't have enough. So I have 51,000. Now, let me, now, now you like it. I'm sure this one, right? So I'm reducing my living expense to be able to save that, right? So I'm reducing my, maybe I reduce my travel, travel and, you know, entertainment to you know, 500. Yes. And then I reduce my living expenses to 2,000, more frugal. Now I'm going to ask, now my cash is increasing the faster rate. Now I'm going to ask, can I buy, uh, can I buy that house? Can I buy that house now? So it, it basically, the, the way it, the way the memory here works is because of the in context. Because yes, I yes. keep the context. Uh, oh, it's still not possible. Why not? Because you, you uh, probably you say no, so it's right now for him. It's not in five years. I think. Ah, oh, you're right. Yeah, so, yeah, so. yeah. You are. Oh, you're smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. yeah. I'm just rushing you. I pay you five years. Years. <laughs> Yes. And by that housing. So now I can't do because right now I have like 3,000. Uh, I you see know. a great opportunity for, for you and for your app uh, for people who, you know, as individuals who buy flat or house to, to rent it, you know. So you can ask your, mm-hmm. your, 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 your app, hey, this is my financial situation, income, expense, etc. My assets, I have a house, etc. I have a woman and I have children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I would like to, to, to buy this flat to rent it uh, at X euro dollar per month, you know, yeah. uh, um, can I can I afford it or not? Or is it a good deal? You know, yeah. uh, compared to my financial situation. Yeah. So this says yes, it is possible now to buy it in five years. <laughs> this is yeah. This is. Yeah. I can ask him like why or like now I can ask questions that I, now I can go to the GPT pure mortgage. Like, what's a mortgage? Why why do we need? 20%? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can ask now questions like how do I get a mortgage? What does that mean? Like, what's a closing cost mean? But it, so I can ask those questions that before I ask now, but I have a financial model behind. Yeah. So, so. Uh, how do, do we do it? Is we do the same thing as we do with the, with this type of like a scenario. So every time you ask a question, can I buy a house? We basically embed a summary yeah. of financial data from a financial model into the context. So we basically bring in the con- that data. Now your quest, now your model like basically says cash flow summary. Your cash is like that, like that, like that. So then GPT for is able to know um based on the text provided and i'm i'm, I'm telling him say so this is this is in the background right the user is not going to see it yeah uh, but here it says remember and use the following financial summary data in your future and now here's the challenges you can't put everything into this so the next iteration is that you have to ask gpt4 to tell you what it needs and so imagine like i ask a question gpt4 says now oh, you, you see tricky if i ask him right now can i buy a house in five in four years it wouldn't know because I didn't put in summary what happens in four years. Yes, GPT-4 yes. has to ask a question, I need the data about four years of this and this and this element. Uh, and that's what uh, this concept that we see with the agents where, and I think um, OpenAI just released the capability of function calling. Um, this 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 report, it came out uh, yes. four days ago, June 13. Now you can ask, when you're asking a question, you can say, what's the weather looks like? A GPT-4 is allowed, they, they build this functionality function component to it. It can return a function call and say, in order for me to answer this question, I need the API call with this, with the location and yeah. unit. Um, and this is the same thing. So like, we need to kind of ask GPT-4, say like, oh, to answer this question, I need to know your available cash in four years. Call the model. Model, go in a, to API, return a value. Then we return to GPT-4, we say, here's your data. Use this information to answer your question. And then that's it. I haven't implemented that yet, and that's what I'm working right now to basically do this back loop uh, where yeah. GPT-4 asks for data itself, yeah, yeah. and then we'll... 
crazy. No, that's great. I mean, uh, that's wonderful. Very great job. Wow. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, to be honest, people, it, this actually haven't had a huge camera commercial attraction so far. And I think it has to do maybe some with the, my ability to market it, but also people though still have a hard time understanding like building the models. And if I'm there to explain to them, I think they understand, no, but, but yeah. by themselves, they're not able to. I would encourage you to go to the app and just try it by yourself. See, like, maybe there's a problem. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not as easy to work. This concept of modeling is a bit hard. For but we, we are here very quantitative. I think we will discuss about that together uh, after this interview. <laughs> we have a lot yeah. of things to discuss. For sure, for sure. Happy to chat. And, and you're easy to find me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, so I'm going to finish this talk. We are almost there. Uh, but this one more trick that I want to show you on how to interact my financial model with the, sorry, the model, mathematical model and GPT-4. And that's where area where we want to do, for example, a text. So like this, we want to do this hub. We have a natural text. We want to build a model. And uh, remember that concepts of, you know, we, we ask, write the Python code. So GPT-4 able to write the Python code. Now our, our code is big and it's already established as a math, our mathematical model. We want... A natural text generates this model or parameters of this model. And here, we're not just changing like, you know, number. We don't know how many houses you have. We don't know how many expenses you have, incomes you have. You basically want to generate these entities on the fly. Like, like you know, it's like here, like, imagine, oh, I'm looking at like 2026, have a kid. So like, I want to generate a new expense and say, oh, here's my kids. And then create an expense to say, okay, well, like I need a, a daycare. I'm going to send this. So, and then if I generate these, now my cash flow is changing differently, right? So now you can see yeah. it's growing. Now that I have a kid, it's no longer growing, like starting to plateau. So, so, um, so people need to generate, modify the model, right? How do we do? How do we do that? So the the trick is that we want to basically go from a natural language to a model established. You need to pass this kind of like story that you can use this domain specific language. So this domain specific language is something like this in the model. I'm drawing all those uh, shapes you see. So it's like, uh, you can see under the hood that, that's the code yeah. running. So as you can see, there's a rectangle, text, ellipse, and then arrow and all that. There's also the financial arrow in here. Like there's a cash, income, transaction, transaction, expense, and this is all connected. The connectivity of these have a particular meaning for the model. So the model will understand these. If I give them this array, it will generate the model and it can execute a simulate the model. But I need to give them this like structure, a very particular language. Right? That's why we said domain specific language. So, is a, is a, is a, so we have a financial model. We need to build a layer, yeah. a language to be able to talk to that model. And this language is these relationships. Like if you have a cash, put a, create a cash box, put a value into it. If you have a income, put a value in it. Transaction connected and connection to transaction has a two points. It's like a graph, has beginning and end. And this is what it means. So it's like we need to build this language on top of our model. And then we bridge the gap with the entity. So we ask our language model to extract entity for us. So if I say, here's my house, you're giving this income, mortgages like that, right? It's natural text. I can tell him, and this with this new capability that just came out, this function calling, this, this algorithm way, way improved. It wasn't as good before. Um, now it can tell you mortgage is $5,000, interest rate is this one, this car loan, 40,000, interest rate, I don't know, you didn't provide it. In expenses, living expenses, 250000 2500 monthly, right? So you can see that it extracted this data yeah. uh, from me, right? A house this much. Um, then I basically bridge the gap. I ask my language model to generate me a very specific uh, named entities. And then I can map these named entities through, again, a deterministic language, a deterministic program to my DSL. 
And the DSL now has a model. So now I can, what you saw in the, in the demo, where I put this paragraph and it poops, it dropped me a canvas and all the model behind the scene. That's how, that's how we do it. We do, we do, we do go through this. So that's all I have for now. Um, there's a particular question on this thing. Yeah, uh, just again, it's an amazing work. Uh, it's really beautiful on the technical point of view and, and the usefulness of this. I mean, uh, it, everybody should have this kind of tool. Uh, to manage their finance, their personal finance. And um, yes, I mean, yeah, really great work. Because uh, mm -hmm. I know how it, more or less, how it works. So I know that it's so easy uh, to, to do that. And uh, so I'm, I, yes, I'm impressed. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I want to use it for sure. <laughs> okay. well, give it a try and, you know, show it, yes, yes, show it to yes. other people too. And then, and yes, yes, sure. <laughs> if I can help you to expand also, uh, I will. Uh, yeah, no, I don't have so many questions. It was crystal clear the presentation. Um, yeah, hi. Yes, I have uh, two type of questions. The first one is the other application of your, let's say, your, your trick. You know, to do math outside ChatGPT because it was what we are talking about with Benjamin before. We are we were all thinking about uh, you know artificial intelligence that can't do complex math by themselves because the the, the algorithm is are not made for that. But you find a way to do math outside the system, uh, you know, and make it make it uh, discuss together. And this is really uh, really impressive, even for someone like me that who is a biologist by training. So I'm not uh, uh, I can't I can't understand technically uh, at, the, at, the, at the precision of, uh, of Benjamin, you know, but, uh, but I understand, you know, the, the philosophy of what you have, which you have built. Uh, so this is, first of all, congratulations. This is very uh, smart to have find this way of doing math uh, to, to artificial intelligence. And my question is, could we apply this trick to other, to other uh, uh, applications? I have one in mind is uh, the, the, the crowd, the dynamics of crowds, which is a very, um, important field of research you know when you have a crowd in a concert you have a crowd in in a city uh, and you have a, a crowd of, of birds who are flying there are many mathematical models that already have that have yeah. already been written and tested by mathematicians and, and and physicians could we now uh, connect these mathematical models with chat gpt with your system okay so it's actually very interesting you mentioned this idea around this like a crowd model. So it's like, you're basically referring to, that's very funny because I have this slide here, right here. You're referring to the agent-based models. Uh, and uh, these are basically, you model every agent for playing, like for example, for the economy, you're talking about, you know, each individual and each company. So these are like, each individual is here, yeah, they're, they're worker or investors or they're, um, you know, old person or a kid and there are companies and you can model this interaction, all these dynamic here. So it's like, you know, for example, People pay taxes to the government. Uh, government have a central bank. They can get a loan. Banks get the reserve and interest they pay to the central loans. Companies get a loan from banks, put deposits, individual pay deposits. Individuals collect wages from companies. Um, companies give dividend to individuals. Individuals consume from the companies and their buyers and their foreign exports and imports. So you can model the entire economy if you know if you're agent here. So that's the type of model you're talking about, right? It's like that's the type of model we need for modeling. And people mm -hmm. are doing it like that, like Sebastian Poledna, which is a fantastic um, pioneer and economist uh, based in Austria. And he has a big, big research team um, and many people working on this agent-based model. And that's where I started uh, that story came from. And um, so the question, like the, the, uh, to answer your question specifically, LLM and these type of models, 
again, you're talking about, I mean, you can interface them and look like that. Um, yes, uh, there are many uh, mathematical models to, to describe complex socio yeah. sociological uh, uh, dynamics. Uh, it could be uh, people in a, in a concert, you know, moving because yeah. they have yeah. an emergency and you have a you have yeah. a, you have a dynamic, you know, and but not just that. There are many many other models. That yeah, my, my yeah. Uh, you know, to to connect this model to to ChatGPT with with your trick, you know. Uh, so the, so that's and that's the story. I mean, the trick is that you this type of model, ChatGPT never able to build like like. So you need so these are the things like yeah, you can use it as external tool. Now mm -hmm. the, the the way to do it is so I mean so far what I'm proposing here is like if you want to use the if you want people to interact with the model build model use this DSL dynamic. So you mm -hmm. put a layer of the domain specific language and you let people to interact with it. And then if you want to answer questions, say like, if I should do that, they need to extract information from that model, put it into context of the language model. That's what we know about language model for now because we have a limited their context and then get that data in. And then the, the capability to tools, like you need to ask your GPT model, has to, your language model has to tell you, I need this data, go in and inspect this part of the model. So how do you give your model? And that's an open question. I don't know it myself. How do you give a mental model of your model to GPT-4? And that's part of that prompt engineering part of it. So your, your GPT language model has to understand the logic of this and then be able to ask for tools. Ask, say, give me the dividends uh, the company's paying. Did, mm. you, did you try or play with auto-GPT? Yeah, so that's uh, auto-GPT ideas, right? So like you go yes. in, so like, so auto-GPT kind of like has an understanding of the logic of like how the world works and it can try. So like the, the auto stuff is like, trying maybe you go in you discover certain things like imagine our investment portfolio type of thing right ask ask a question oh this kind of this, this is ridiculous like so you have some sort of tool to kind of say yeah if you say like 200 years that that portfolio not gonna last 20 so go back and fix something and then like yeah and these are open questions like i don't know how to make our language model to really understand the logic behind the model yeah and um, and sorry but just expanding on that is like the question of i think the, the philosophical nature of this is can language model do symbolic reason? Ooh. That's really the words. The words you need to like, you know, the, the research is. It's like I think. Uh, the, I mean, there's there's another paper, paper I, I saw the other day that language models are actually not good at symbolic reasoning. They're um, sorry, I can't remember the name. But if you Google it by um, symbolic reasoning in language models, uh, if we can make future of our language our AI systems able to do symbolic understanding, so it's like, and that's how kind of humans understand that. Uh, so, uh, that the, there's a concepts around these. Uh, again, that's how that's how, that's where the, it goes in uh, the the space. And I see, I totally think, unknown. Uh, yeah. I see a future use case because uh, what you are doing right now, we can imagine that tomorrow uh, people will just have uh, natural language or text, and then you can use probably also some quantum computing resources. I mean, you could write the, the, the code, the model could be. Uh, in Python, yes, but uh, to interact with quantum computer. And then uh, it will be easier for everybody to use, for example, a quantum simulation about mm -hmm. this precise problem because you just have explained it in plain text without uh, the need to code everything as you are doing right now. I mean, uh, so it could be a next step, I don't know, a few years maybe, uh, just to, to help people to use quantum computing without any knowledge about how to use it exactly. You see, you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not familiar with the quantum computing understand, but I, I see where, where you're going. It's, it's wonderful what you have done. Yeah, really. 
I, I said I have two types of questions, and now I have my second type of question, and I would like to make a link with, with what Bajam, with the expertise of Benjamin, that is uh, this uh, intellectual property. Uh, yeah, that, that was my next question. Yes, go. <laughs> <laughs> let, let's see. If, let's see if, if you have the same question. So you you showed us what you have uh, discovered and put in place openly. Now we are in live. You know, uh, every every yeah. it's a public space now. Uh, maybe Benjamin, uh, you could, you could, uh, you could, uh, you could say me. Uh, I, I was wrong to invite Sina for that. Maybe you could have, you know, discuss with him to to, to find a way to protect his strict. Uh, I hope maybe. it was already done. <laughs> uh, did, did you did you file a patent application uh, regarding your uh, your invention? No, I mean, no, I haven't. I mean, or... I mean, I mean, these are these are not necessarily. I mean, I mean, there are some interesting concepts here in terms of like using language models using rules, and I mean, these papers like that published. So. Um, yeah, I don't think, I mean, look, the, if you, like, if you think about like what the mo business moat here is really the use is very important, right? So people actually come in using the system, um, makes the systems much better because you can, you can feed in the data that people provide to actually understand, build the yes, agent yes. image model. So, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, some, some interesting things exist here, um, I haven't patented it, but we, we can we can work on it um, for sure. At this stage, I'm trying to really um, launch this, show this to people, um, and raise interest uh, in it, and then um, raise funds and, and basically follow. Yeah, because just for for raising funds, I mean, patents are quite powerful, so it could be interesting to think about it uh, to see if there is something to patent. Because yeah. in particular, for fundraising, uh, it's quite important because. Uh, as you probably know, it's an intellectual property right. So that means uh, it's uh, it's a conversion from uh, your brain juice into real money, a very uh, valuable asset for your company. So it could be, I think, quite interesting uh, to think about patenting something. Of course, not something that has already disclosed. So what we have, what we have shown today, you know, is, is now online and it's on the public space. So yes, so we. we you you will have or we will have to dig a little uh, deeper uh, in what you have done to see if there is something to be patented but uh, i think it's yeah you should ask your question uh, ask this question to yourself yeah. um, okay. mainly yeah, for the fundraising part and uh, and it's not because you have a patent that you can uh, distribute it in an open source way if you want or i mean you you can do what you want when you have the the, the patents uh, i mean you can have a, it's like having a home in a technology kind of field, so yes, you can, yes, yes. of course, you can invite everybody to come in, or you can just say, "Oh, you can, you not," and, and stuff like that. So uh, you are, you have more degree of freedoms, I would say, uh, with a patent than without. Sure, for sure. No, well, very, very beautiful. Yes, mm, again, absolutely. because it's technically it's it's great because I I see because it's not on this use case, but I, I have thought about, for example, creating an AI to help me write patent application. So there is some reasoning part also, of course. And, uh, and so I see uh, the technical difficulties that you have overcome. And uh, I see also the impact on the world. I mean, if people can use this tool, uh, they will manage, they, they, they will be more rational <laughs> with their money. So so it, it's, it's very interesting. And we can even imagine a coach, I mean, a finance, a financial coach, and uh, when you want to buy something, you can have a beep that says, ah, wait, 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 wait. Don't forget that in two months you have to pay that or, or keep in mind that you wanted to keep some money to buy a new car. Or... So this is really powerful. It's a financial brain that you have created. Yes, absolutely. Just imagine you Thank have you a chatbot. Uh, a chatbot uh, 
uh, over overlaying your, your app, uh, talking with the guy who is uh, who is you know feeling uh, using your app and say, yeah, maybe you should you should you can you should you should buy a flat to rent it or not or something like that. It's great. Yes, the idea is great. That's the idea. <laughs> we'll see. Perfect. Perfect. Well, you know, it was a, it was a wonderful moment. Uh, if Benjamin, you have maybe last question, uh, maybe we can. Uh, no, just congratulations and congratulations, keep going. Yeah. Keep going forward because it's not easy, and the, the technical part is not easy, but the business part and the startup part is not easy at all. Uh, it's completely different skills. So it's um, yes, keep yeah, going yeah. And, and don't hesitate if if we can yeah. help you or anything. Sure, sure. Uh, yes. Because again, it's an in, it's a project with a great impact on the world, and this is the kind of project that we love. Uh, because it's not only to make money. I mean, the idea, of course, we need to make money. We need to to pay uh, what we where we live, what we eat. But uh, it's it's useful for people. It will help people. So it's a great project. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much for having enthusiasm, and thank you very much for inviting me and having a chat. Uh, lots of fun. Yes, it was our pleasure. Pleasure. It was a great pleasure. Uh, and uh, and guys, if you like this kind of event, uh, the next uh, the next live is about um, uh, it is it's in French. I invited uh, Dr. Jean Denis Topin, which is an eminent uh, geologist studying uh, uh, um, on under under uh, water in uh, in Nafratic. Uh, I don't know how we say it in English. <laughs> Sorry, underneath water. Let's say exactly. Thank you, Benjamin. Yes. So we are we are in a in a water crisis uh, everywhere. So if you want to understand how it works uh, and not listening to to Greta Thunberg and other and other idiots around there, but real scientists who know the, what they are talking about, just join. We are we have a great expert, and then we will talk about um, uh, with uh, with Roy Mesler with Benjamin. Uh, he's an expert in in IP also, he, but all of the Israeli ecosystem. He will talk about why Israel is such a great com. Uh, such a great company, I would say, oh, such a great <laughs> for startups and innovation. So, thank you very much, uh, both of you, and to all people who, who listen to us. Thank you so much, and see you next. See you next time.